Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Out of Bounds podcast. That's Out of Bounds with a Z. I am your host tonight, Sean Lawler, uh, covering for Joe while he's on sabbatical. He did the same for me this summer when my father died. So, you know, always here to help a friend. And we are joined by the founding father of our podcast network, Caleb Gallion. Caleb, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, ready to talk some football. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you back. Glad you were able to step in. Uh, the Colts, you know, they're playing Jacksonville this week, but we'll get to that later. Um, let's touch on last week. Uh, you you were pretty lively in the chat. You seem to be have your eye on a lot of games. Not sure if you're gambling on them all or not, but let me know what game did you enjoy the most? I think my most enjoyable game of the day was actually the Eagles and the Lions. I, I knew that the Lions were going to come out and play inspired for Dan Campbell. They really seemed to rally behind them. And I really wanted to see what Philadelphia looked like with the addition of A.J. Brown in the offense. And he, of course, made a huge impact in his first game as an Eagle. And I think opening up the middle of the field for that offense is really going to be a game changer for them going forward. And A.J. Brown looks like just a perfect addition for them. And that game was just – it was really exciting. Yeah, no, it was a it was a great game. I love the numbers coming out of DeAndre Swift, 144 yards. We know the Lions can run the ball. So um, was it a, their offensive line was better than the Eagles defensive line or is the Eagles defensive line going to hold up for the championship aspirations that they have? Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. That's a perfect team for Jared Goff to be at a hardcore running team that and he'll just do the play action with some pretty decent receivers around him. What game were you surprised by last week? I honestly, I was surprised by my Colts game. The way, if you look at any of the numbers, they should have handily beaten Houston. And honestly, for most of the game, they were trailing. They had turnovers at bad points. They outgained Houston by 300 yards. And the fact that it ended in a tie whenever they were so clearly the superior team, it was, it was very frustrating, and it really did surprise me. Matt Ryan looked really good. Jonathan Taylor looked really good. After the first week, they were second in both rushing and passing offense, and that wound up with a tie in Houston. And it was just – that was really surprising to me, honestly. Yeah, no, like you said, if you were watching the box score, you would be like, why Why was this a tie? I, I don't understand what happened. Untimely turnovers. <laughs> it's. Uh, I thought you got rid of Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, no, that game, yeah, that game really surprised me when I checked out and saw the score. I was like, wait, what's happening? And then all of a sudden it's tied and they just squeak out with the tie there. I was like, oh, you know, they're lucky. By the skin of their teeth there, skin of their teeth. What game were you most disappointed by? And it wasn't necessarily the game itself I was disappointed by. It was one of the teams involved. And I understand there were mitigating circumstances. The San Francisco 49ers disappointed me immensely against Chicago. I expect Chicago to be one of the, if not the worst teams in the league this year. And for you to come out and only put up 10 points, I understand that there was the heavy rain. I understand those are the kind of games that the Bears win. But you've got to have questions about Trey Lance. And I'm going to give him another week because I I do 
think I, I, I buy into the idea that the rain and the weather really bothered him, but their offense was just not good against the Chicago defense. That is not exactly the 86 bears. Like it's not, it's, it's really, it's just not a great defense. So for them to struggle as much as they did, it just, it kind of, it, it just, it disappointed me because I have very high expectations for the 49ers this season. Yeah, I I didn't know what to do with the NFC West. You know, I I I can't seem to quit Arizona at times. I want to write them off, and but then I'm like, but Kyler can like do some crazy things, and I think it's because of that hail mary that beat my Buffalo Bills. I'm just obviously skewed to the Cardinals, but I I chalk that one up to the weather. I just I I don't know what to do with it. Trey Lance had the most yards and the most <laughs> passing and rushing out of anybody in the game. And, but yeah, he's shaky and we'll see what happens from there. But yeah, I can't really write that one off. The bears are lucky to have won that game, but I, I don't know. Personally, I was the game. I enjoyed the most was the Buffalo game. My Buffalo bills. It was, it was a great game. I didn't enjoy the turnovers. That was Absolutely not a lot of fun, but the fact that they still held the LA Rams to 10 points was yeah. like, yeah, that's absolutely what you want to see. <laughs> like, Kansas, like, we'll talk about this game later, but Kansas City, like, everybody's got them pencils in. It's like their defense is, it's mm-hmm. turnover or bust as well. There's a few teams that are turnover or bust, and they're one of them. Like, they break a lot more <laughs> than they bend. Right. The game I was surprised by was it was it was your game, like the Houston Indianapolis game. Like I just like looked at the score and I was like, whoa! Like <laughs> I was surprised by Houston taking the lead, and then I was somewhat disappointed and not really surprised by them blowing it the lead in the, in the fourth quarter. But that's Matt Ryan; he he can come back. I think I remember hearing that. Back in the day, he had X number of comeback wins in the league. He was like one of the top leaders in the league back in his heyday. So it's Matt Ryan special. Disappointed by was I gotta say Dallas. Three points is <laughs> you can't do that. You absolutely can't do that. No. <laughs> Prime time Sunday. <laughs> And they put up three points like that. That's the Jets put up nine. Right. Hey, guys. <laughs> you, right. You were the lowest scoring team in the league and you were the Dallas Cowboys in prime time. I think my biggest takeaway from that game is that CeeDee Lamb is not a number one receiver. No, ma- no matter how much everybody tries to promote him as one. Life's a lot easier whenever you have Mari Cooper and Michael Gallup taking the pressure off of you. It's not quite as easy whenever you're the guy and they're trying to hone in on you and shut you down, and that's what they did. Dak, even before the injury, Dak just looked abysmal in that game. It, it's one of the worst games he's played in his career. Like, it just absolutely disappointing. Like, for an offense that was so explosive last season, to come out and put up three points, to be the lowest-scoring team in the NFL, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, I better not hear any Kellen Moore get, head coach chatter. Like, yeah, just keep that out of my face. Sit out the window. Like, I'll just burn the whole league down if Eric, if he gets a job before Eric the Enemy. Like, I'll just burn it all down. Um, 
So, yeah, let's get to the Chargers and Kansas City football team. That was a weird game to watch. Uh, I thought the Chargers had it in the bag. And then the – well, you can't really count out Mahomes. You kept calling him freak. Like, he was just – he's at, like, the shovel passes, the underarms, the side, the sideways arms, just, like, in between, like he's at a carnival. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, straight up. That's what it's like. What did you think of the game? What were your takeaways? It, was, it really was a really – it was a weird game. I learned that Justin Herbert's an extremely, extremely tough person. Just those back-breaking plays he made, and I understand his receiver was completely gassed on the play, but throwing a 99-yard pick six in the fourth quarter of a game against Kansas City, that's that's a recipe for disaster. And, like, I understand he's not completely at fault for the play, but it's still it, he's the one that made the play, so we still have to put it on his shoulders at the end of the day. I just – it's so hard for me to bet against Kansas City at home especially in divisional games. After that game, uh, Patrick Mahomes improved to 22-3 and against the AFC West. Just complete and utter dominance of his own division. So the Chargers put up a really good game. They look to be in control of the game for most of it. Just at the end of the day, he just – Mahomes finds a way to get it done. Like, I, I just – I can't bet against him at this point. No, you're exactly right. Like, he's, he's the villain that you have to kill. Yeah, You cannot, like, I, my wife and I are watching Vikings right now, and there's a line where Ragnar is still alive, and his brothers, like, the French are celebrating. His brother helped them defeat Ragnar, and he's like, what are we celebrating? He's still alive. Like, we haven't won shit yet. Like, he's still alive. Like, until we kill him, we haven't won anything. And, it, and that's the Mahomes experience. Like, I lived it last year in the playoffs. Like, you have you have to stop him. You can't give him an inch, like 13 seconds. That's all he needs. Like He doesn't need much. And we see that, you know, he's not really missing a beat with Tyree Hill gone. He's hitting different receivers. He's doing different things. Clyde Edwards-Alaire being healthy is, is going to be one of the X factors in this. But I love J.D. McKissick. I love them getting McKissick. Like, he's fantastic because he played receiver in college. So he's, he's a perfect Kansas City running back for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Just watching that offense is just, it's so fun. Like people wondered what the impact of Tyree Kill being gone was because he's obviously an extraordinary player, but Mahomes is so good that you don't have to have a game breaker. I honestly feel like it was kind of a luxury for them. Like I know they used it a lot. Obviously you would if you had it, but Mahomes can, like the additions they've made with like Juju Smith-Schuster and people like that, it's just, it's perfect for what they want to do. Like they wanted to change the offense up. They don't have to take as many over the top shots, but when they're open, Mahomes is going to hit it anyway. So it really doesn't matter who's out there at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, just get some shooters around Giannis and Giannis is going to win. I made the, I sent, I was talking to Trey earlier and I said that Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the, NFL he just has the gravity he pulls the shit he's able to do to just enhance everybody around him it's it's curry like mm -hmm. yeah exactly he's a, he, you know he's pulling up from the midcourt 
are the like half, you know, 35 feet out and stuff like that. That's what Mahomes is doing. Like the sideways throws, the like quarterbacks coaches are like the old school quarterbacks coaches are having hernias right now. Like just watching Patrick Mahomes, but they're like, there's no platform. There's no form. There's no, like, like they showed like talking about Justin Herbert's shoulders, keeping them level when he's throwing. And it's like, they don't really do that with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. They're not like, Oh, this coach was talking about how his form was perfect. And it's like, <laughs> It's, it's, it's like Mahomes is constantly playing backyard football and it's just it's so fun to watch man like yeah no it's great and Justin Herbert you know like you mentioned he's he's up there he he had a fantastic game we saw how tough he is it was like ridiculous when he was out there and yeah he could have gotten that it was I think a second third and one or something and he, he could have run for the first down and, and gotten there but he just threw the ball away and then he throws throws an absolute dime for a touchdown <laughs> the next play. <laughs> like he looked like he was like that needs to be taken out of the game. Like he wasn't going to be able to hold the football. And then he just throws an absolute dime right after. <laughs> it, Herbert's ridiculous. I really hope that the injury doesn't wind up being as severe as it looked off the jump because the NFL is not as good when Justin Herbert's not around. So I'm hoping for a speedy recovery and. He's just – he's another absolute privilege to watch. Like, some of the throws he makes, especially when, like you said, he looked like he was dead in the grave. Like, he couldn't run a yard for a first down. Then he throws one 40 yards on the money. You couldn't have put it in the receiver's hand. You couldn't have handed it to the receiver more perfectly. And I was just like, all right, we're doing that now. That's cool. You know who also doesn't want, to, doesn't want his injury to be too serious? Chase Daniels. Yeah, yeah. He, he gave his hand off and he just he threw the deuces to the crowd and he was out of there. <laughs> Did anybody look more scared to have to go into a game than Chase Daniels? He's like, wait, he's like, we're in a shootout with Kansas City and I got to play? <laughs> Usually we come in when we're up 40. <laughs> oh, but it, yeah, so that, that was a great start to the week. So let's get to the rest of the slate for Sunday. So I'll quickly run through the matchups. The 1 o'clock games are all uh, the New Jersey Jets at the Cleveland Browns, the Washington Commies at the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at their daddy New Orleans Saints, Carolina at the New Jersey Giants, so that that game's in New Jersey, actually. And then we've got New England at Pittsburgh. Uh, that's going to be tough for the Patriots fans, I think, to watch if Trubisky wins that. We've got Indianapolis at Jacksonville. So, you know, your, your team, hot weather for Matt Ryan, where he likes to be in domes and hot weather. Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, we'll see who's playing cornerback for Baltimore in that game. The Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams. Are the Rams going to – fans going to show up? And is Matt – or is the Stafford going to have to go with the silent count again? I don't know if the Falcons fans travel or not. We'll see. Seattle at San Francisco. So we'll see if the weather stays – you know, you know it's a good team to play for if you don't want to have to worry about the weather, San Francisco. That's, that's, that's definitely a team you want to play for. You don't have to worry about the weather. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys, just perfect, perfect time for Burrow. Perfect, perfect bounce back game. Houston Texans at Denver. Uh, you know, that that could be a challenging one. I 
I think. Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not looking good for Cliff. It's not looking good. Good thing he got his extension. Then we've got the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Does Rodgers still own Chicago? Monday, we've got a doubleheader. Tennessee at Buffalo. It's going to be a revenge game for Buffalo for last year. And then we've got Minnesota at Philly. So we've got some teams that unexpectedly on the rise, a lot of people very high on them. So we'll go again. Which game are you most excited for, Caleb? I'm most excited for Vikings and Eagles. Like I, those are two teams that were very impressive in week one. I want to see what Philadelphia's defense looks like going up against that Minnesota offense. I want to see if they make any adjustments from last week because they did give up 35 points to the Lions. I want to see if they have a bounce-back game. I want to see if Minnesota's offense continues to look as efficient as they did against Green Bay. I think that that's going to be one of the better games this week, honestly, and I'm really excited for it. No, it's. I think that's going to be a good game. I think they really did the Monday night well. Uh, my my most excited game is Tennessee at Buffalo. I, I want to see what Buffalo can do. I want to see what Buffalo's run defense is like. It is one of the Achilles heels of the team is the run defense. Uh, lots of analysts have pointed out that against run-heavy teams like Indianapolis and Tennessee, they give up a lot of yards. And those are the games that they lost last year, the snow game against New England, Indianapolis and Tennessee just putting up monster yards on them on the run. So that's that's the game I'm excited to see what happens, which did Buffalo shore that up or would it not matter and they're just going to put up a bajillion points on offense? <laughs> it's catch me if you can. Is there another game you're excited for? Yeah, and it's 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 not really excitement. It's more terror because the Colts travel to Jacksonville and I know if you think about it out loud you're like wow playing Jacksonville Jacksonville's terrible Indianapolis has not won in Jacksonville since 2014 that's real Blake Bortles was making his NFL debut the last time Indianapolis won in Jacksonville in the last two seasons Jacksonville has won four games. Two of them are Indianapolis in Jacksonville. It is a house of horrors for us for whatever reason. It doesn't matter what year it is. Andrew Lux last year, whenever they won like 10 games in a row, that winning streak was snapped in a 6 nothing loss to Jacksonville in Jacksonville. It's the most fucking absurd thing. So I don't know if excited is the right word but I just need this fucking streak to end. Like, it, it's it's a nightmare. And I just, I feel like this is the year. But I've felt like that for the last few years, because why not? The year when Jacksonville went 1-15, they won the opener in Jacksonville, and they didn't win another fucking game, dude. I remember that. that was, I, feel like I, can't, I can't explain this. It's, it is the damnedest thing. And I just, at some point, it's got to stop. I'm... I'm Really hoping it's this week. Yeah, it's a, and last year, you know, taking oh, God, taking God. the Colts out of the playoffs. Like I, I had said on the episode before that weekend that we were talking about the playoffs, and I said 
the team, the wild card team I thought was going to go far was the Colts. <laughs> and then they go around and not make the playoffs at all. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my god! Because I I was like, there's no way they lose to Jacksonville. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But now the that I know the two and fourteen Jacksonville Jaguars. But now I know that it was doomed. Had I known that stat going into that, I wouldn't have been so sure. Uh, I'm going to start with the the game. I just I don't know what to do with. I can't get a handle on. It's New England at Pittsburgh. To be honest. I went back and forth before I sent you the picks and I was like, Patriots are bad, but I can't pick, I can't pick the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky, but the Patriots are not looking good. Belichick's not going to lose to Mitch Trubisky. There's no way. There's no way. But the Patriots were looking pretty bad against Miami last week. There's no way. There's, there's no, I just don't know what to do with that game at all. Yeah, that's a game I've uh, I've gone back and forth on as well because, like, at the point I got to, I picked New England because I just, at the end of the day, I cannot look at a game and say that Mitch Trubisky is going to beat Bill Belichick, a Bill Belichick coach. See, I can't get there. So I picked New England. The game I am going back and forth with, and I've leaned a little bit more in one direction, the Dolphins and Ravens game I have gone back and forth with multiple times. I think that the Ravens' corner issues is going to make me lean with Miami because I think Tyree Kill will be able to, if he's getting covered by a fifth a fifth corner, that's not going to end well for that fifth corner. That's that's basically what I've gotten to with that one. But I think that game still is going to be extremely competitive, and I'm still kind of stuck on it. So let's get into our Todd Packers. So Todd Packer is that character from the office that you just revolted by. You don't want anything to do with him. You you don't understand what Michael Scott sees in him. And finally, Michael Scott sees it and gets rid of him. What game is that for you? Well, it is 2022. And I think that any game that Joe Flacco is starting <laughs> – in 2022, immediately goes for that. So I'm going to take the Jets against the Browns. Whenever um, Jacoby Brissett is the considerably better quarterback in a game, I think that falls into a game that I want to avoid as much as possible. So that's my game of the week where I just I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to see a 13 to seven Browns victory. Like I just I don't I don't want to see anything related to that. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be – it's just not going to be enjoyable football. Yeah. No, that w- that was on my short list of games because, yeah, no, it's it's not going to be good. Jets at Browns, I – no, I don't want to watch that game. The game, the same quarterback that's been my Todd Packer for going on a season now, Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't want any, any point of that Chicago Bears – Green Bay Packers game, and you're like, but Sean, that's the Sunday night on NBC, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching Justin Fields get chased around Lambeau Fields, and Aaron Rodgers have a revenge game where he talks about owning, like, if if the Packers had won last week, maybe I wouldn't have wanted to not watch this game as much as I do, but 
them coming off of a disappointing game last week at home, home opener, Bears, Justin Fields, is it's not going to be pretty. And I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers puffing his chest out. I just I want zero parts of that. Yeah, this game has 45 to 10 written all over it. And it's just, it's like, first of all, like just from a viewing standpoint, I don't think this game is going to be competitive. I really don't. I think it's going to be exactly like you said. It's going to be one of those Aaron Rodgers fucking whip my dick out games where he goes for 400 yards and five touchdowns and runs around screaming about owning the fucking Bears. Like, woohoo, the Chicago Bears, you own the Bears. Congratulations. Like, it, yeah, I have no interest in watching that game either, honestly. Um, which actually means I might be able to have an early night on Sunday. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be exa- you're going to be exhausted from Indy at Jacksonville. Like- oh my god, <laughs> dude! If we lose to Jacksonville, like I don't even like I don't know. We can do like a live reaction pod or something, but like I don't know if it'll be suitable for people. Like I will be having a fucking crisis at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not going to be good news. You're going to be o one and one. Like you have to win. You have to win. You can't tie. Like yeah. a tie is it? This isn't like the Tomlin. I I haven't had a less than a five hundred season. Like you have to beat, you have to win. Yeah, we have to like, beat them because the first of all, like they can't go zero and two because week three they have Kansas City. Like we can't fucking do that. Like we, we can't go into Jacksonville, lay some egg in that cursed goddamn stadium, be zero and two, go to Kansas, uh, play Kansas City be 0-3, and then have a division game against the Titans, So I know they're not great this year, but it's still a division game and weird shit happens. I don't want to be 0-3 going into a game against Tennessee. Like, I just don't. Yeah, if you don't believe weird shit happens in the AFC South, Indianapolis hasn't beat Jacksonville at Jacksonville since 2014. <laughs> like, I don't, It doesn't get any weirder than that. Reggie Wayne was catching passes from Andrew Luck in that game, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's it's like a lifetime ago. And I just, I've sat there and watched it. I'm like, oh, you know, we'll beat him one of these years. It's just a couple fluke wins. And I'm like, it's been almost a fucking decade now. Like, it's got to stop, man. <laughs> like, and like you mentioned, those are teams that, like, that was their only win of the season. Yeah. <laughs> they've won four games in the last two fucking years, and half of them are against us. I hate it. They knocked us out of the playoffs, and then they beat us in that opener. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Oh, no, that's uh, yeah, no, that's that's ridiculous. I I'm sorry you have to deal with that, but you know, I I root for Buffalo, so I you know I enforce 1990 to 94 is like it, it you can't. It doesn't get it worse than that. Like, no, like I would get not absolutely trounced by the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> and like the best thing to happen in that game is you stopped Larry Allen from having a touchdown <laughs> by punching the ball out and turning it into a safety. <laughs> like, like that was the highlight of that game. <laughs> Don Beebe's really fast. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to get to him. Uh, you know, I we talked about how I don't like Rodgers. I didn't really like the quarterback before him at Green Bay, Brett Favre. You know, he he did some questionable things afterwards when he was at the Jets, and you know, he didn't sound doesn't sound like a stand up guy. Uh, you know, there's something about Mary tried to tried to help his reputation, but 
Brett Favre, he's done it. He's he's really really done it. For those that don't know, he's been investigated for accepting money for speeches that he never gave with the money coming from Mississippi's taxpayer. It was no, it was money given to the state of Mississippi to give to the needy, the people on social assistance to help them and all that. It was the relief fund for them. And he got a few million from it. He's paid it back. He owes some, a little bit of interest, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of interest. But, but the doozy that's come out now is that Southern Mississippi, they got a revamped volleyball stadium. Coincidentally, his daughter happened to be on the team at the time. And it's come out that he got that from a not-for-profit that got the money from the state of Mississippi. The same funds that he got for the speeches. They siphoned it through a not-for-profit and got it into Southern Mississippi to help the volleyball stadium. I've got some thoughts, but Caleb, let's start with you. What were your initial thoughts when this started coming out? I mean, I, I, mean, I already knew that Brett Favre was just like kind of a shady asshole, douchebag kind of guy. Like He's not a great person anyways. I mean, it didn't necessarily shock me or anything like that. It's just, I hope he winds up having to like pay for what he's done. Like, I hope he doesn't just get away with it because he's a rich white guy in America. Like, I hope he actually has to be held accountable for his bullshit. And it doesn't really shock me, though. Like, it's just, he seems like the type. Like, it fits who he, he's been portrayed as. Like, it just, it fits his character. No, you're, it's, it's the portrayal that we are used to seeing of him. Like, when it came out with the, when he was on the jets and with the female reporter and sexting her dick pics and stuff like that. It was like, we all weren't really surprised by it. We were, you know, it was, it was surprising at the time that somebody was doing that and that he was doing that, but it was like, there was like 20 other quarterbacks that we would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? If it had come out with them, but Brett Favre was one of those was like, yeah, that checks out that, that kind of checks out for him. And, you know, he's, you talk about, we talk about the misappropriated funds that were given for the speeches he never gave. And he said he didn't know where the money was coming from. And I'm like, okay, sure. Fool me once. That's, that's fine. But to not think, why are they funneling money for this stadium through a not-for-profit to help pay for a state-funded school's stadium like the state giving the school money wouldn't raise eyebrows generally right but what was going to raise eyebrows is if people actually looked into where the funds came from so they gave it to a not-for-profit who ends up giving it to the school and it's like you guys suck at money laundering like seriously like you you got a layer more than that (laughs) Like if you guys are gonna launder money, like you gotta layer more than that. And and it's just like the absolute privilege from Brett Favre to not even question it. Like it's not even white privilege at this time. It's just like privilege, like the elite privilege to just be like, yeah, this is cool. 
this is help paying for a stadium that for the school that my sister goes or my daughter goes to. And it's like, you just like Jackson, Mississippi barely has water right now. Like they didn't have water for a long time and they're like, it's now running, but it's, they don't know if it's stable and if they can keep running, it's still a boil advisory there. And it's like, this money was like, it was like $70 million was given to the state to get, to help out these people. And 98% of social assistance applicants are being denied their applications in the state of Mississippi. And you've got upward close to $10 million benefiting Brett Favre in some way. <laughs> just, I just, I don't understand like at all what's going on down there. Like we, if the hall of fame could just take away his, his, his plaque, like, I don't, I don't, the I know the NFL can't do anything and it's, it's all public interest and like, you have to do something in the state of Mississippi, but it's at this point, like he's such a disgrace. Like he's, he, the fee, the speeches that he was supposed to give were, were for this medical company, like, touting the benefits of their helping out concussions so i guess he can't really use concussions as an excuse for why he <laughs> did made this mistake because that would undermine the company he's hawking it's just it's absolutely it's such a bad week for the nfl like bad summer for the nfl it's been a bad couple months yeah it's not they've, uh, not been on top of things in the best way the last couple months like and, it, and honestly, it started in February. You had Alvin Kamara at the Pro Bowl, like him and three other players. They beat the shit out of some guy, and nobody's talking about it. He's just playing. No, nobody's talking about it. Like the lawyers went in during camp and got it extended another two months. So at some point during the season, he's supposed to show up to Vegas to go to court. I'm going to be willing to bet that if he's not injured, that's getting extended too. So. Yeah, Deshaun Watson was suspended 11 games, but this guy, like, the video didn't look good of what he did. Like, he just beat on the guy. Like, absolutely knocked the shit out of him. At an NFL event, too. So, I don't know. The NFL is a crazy place right now. Yeah, the NFL, uh, it, it needs to take a deep breath, take two steps back, Look at itself in a mirror and figure some shit out. This is like <laughs> this is like when you're at the party and you get too drunk and you like you go to the bathroom and you look past you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, "Damn man, what am I doing?" And the NFL needs to really do that right now. They need to have their, uh, their drunk come to Jesus moment. Yeah, no, exactly. They need to puke and rally. They need to purge some waste out of their body and rally from it. So they got to purge some things, um, you know, start with some of the owners, maybe. Right. Probably the some of the owners are probably where I would. Uh... <laughs> and so it's honestly not going to, it's not going to change unless it changes from the top. Like you've got the NBA going through its whole thing and all of that. So it's, it's not safe out there. Like I feel bad for Trey. He's, he's lost the NFL. He's thinking about leaving the NBA with the server situation. <laughs> it's like, Wrestling and video games. That's it. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to try and keep him around for basketball because that man loves basketball more than anything. I just, I'm hoping that Sarver just gets 
forced to sell at some point soon, especially with all the backlash that he's getting from players like LeBron and Chris Paul, who plays for his team. I, I, I just think the embarrassment of all of it, I'm hoping, will lead to him selling sooner rather than later. Yeah, and there's the WNBA piece of it, too. He owns a WNBA team. And what was he charged with doing? Being misogynistic. So that doesn't look good for an, a WNBA owner. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks in sports, and we've got the NFL in high gear now. Week two, Saquon Barkley's still playing. Christian McCaffrey's still playing. Um, we'll see next week if they're still playing. But <laughs> I, I hope say, for my comeback player of the year's sake, it's uh, Saquon Barkley. Just, you know, helping out Daniel Jones until they get a starter in there. You know, got the backup and go from there. Dable to the rescue for the Giants fans. You better believe it. You know what? If you can get uh, multiple wins out of Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback, you know, you might be doing something right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The Giants fans are open. That's for sure. Well, Caleb, where can everybody check you out? Uh, you can find me on at Twitter at Caleb underscore Galleon. I, I tweet about a bunch of different shit, you know, music, sports, whatever. So good time. Come follow me. All right. And uh, check us out both out on the Charity Stripe Commentary podcast. We've got one coming out with Caleb, myself, Trey, and Marcus, all four of us. It was an absolute chaos fest. It was amazing. It was tons of fun. Uh, we went all over the place, try and keep up, just like this one. Uh, Joe's going to be having a heart attack listening to this one, how disorganized it is compared to when he's got us on the straight and narrow talking about every game there is. So, uh, you know, stay safe out there, everybody. Check me out on Twitter, at again 23 It's okay not to be okay. You know, if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. If you need to check out from something to regroup and rebuild, absolutely do that. It's mental health is important and you need to take care of yourself so Caleb uh, stay safe out there tomorrow responsible gambling okay Yeah, that's shady. Yeah. Yeah, so I picked up Wentz and Samuel, and I was like, oh, we'll see. Yeah, let's see what happens.